it's over? Is that how our podcast ends? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Fuck Hot Kill podcast. It is a horror podcast. It's a podcast that you didn't know was coming back. There you go. Hey, <laughs> the surprise. We got gotcha. you. Surprise. We're here again. We um, thought we were dead by a deadly disease that took over the world. But uh, surprise, surprise, we're not. Jokes on you, just our social lives have died. Um, yeah, and that, that wasn't, you know, that much of a, that wasn't that much of a loss. It's not like they were. Yeah. I see a lot of people mourning, like, hanging out with their friends. And I'm just like, didn't, didn't do that that often. Yeah, it's not like we had a podcast that, you know, went out weekly. <laughs> Besides the podcast. I feel like... Yeah, you're right. It's not like hanging out with friends. This is like uh, work. It's, it's hanging out thing. with friends, but it's also... Um... I don't know. Well, this is... It's different. No, like I see, you know, like people be like posting pictures of like them hanging out with like big bunch of friends or them like at parties and they're like, oh my God, I miss them so much. And I'm like, is it... That's true. You're not a very like outgoing person. You don't go out to pubs and you don't no. engage in that sort of I'm, life. I'm not super... I don't know, social. It's my anxiety. It's rooted from when I was a child. Okay. I think you're very social. You're just not social in that particular sense. Yeah. Of the word. I'm not social. I'm social in like capacities that are most comfortable or mm. safe feeling. I don't know. Yeah. Hey, yeah, so so listener, if you're if you're if you don't know, uh we are on lockdown. We we can't we can't actually meet up, so we're doing this over Skype. I don't know. Maybe you've noticed based on the quality of this recording. I'm not sure yet. We will have to see. We will see. Or you, you <laughs> did not hear this message at all because this episode did not come out. So Because it was so bad. Yeah. And then this whole uh, situation is a hypothetical. So yes. I guess it doesn't exist. It's like Schrodinger's cat. Schrodinger's, yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, this is a podcast. It's it's a podcast um, that we are starting season two of. Yeah, it's and it was it was planned. Um, this was how it was always gonna be. Oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent. This is all very well laid out. That's why at the end of the previous episode, you hear us say, saying goodbye. <laughs> See you next week <laughs> with the Night of the Living Dead. And if you've read the episode title, you know that's not what we're talking about. It has been. Yeah. When did we record that? Okay, wait, let me check. So basically, well, okay. guys, um, if this is like in the history books, this is because, you know, this is probably in the history books, um, this podcast recording, this podcast episode. 200 no. years from now, somebody's listening to this and going like, taking notes and being like, this is what society was 200 years ago. Exactly. Um, when did, oh my God, this is so sad. I don't have it in my calendar. So, for those of you in the future, um, listening to the archives, there's actually a global pandemic happening currently. Um, it's COVID-19, also known as coronavirus. The world is pretty much on lockdown. I mean, not the whole world. Ireland is on lockdown, and that is where we are. Yes. Um, I um, have not left my... what. I have it on my calendar. Sorry. Um I have Night of the Living Dead uh, put down on the 3rd of March uh, as the date we were supposed to record it. 
and oh. we recorded um we recorded was the last one we did the last one we recorded was cabin in the woods wasn't it the last one was cabin in the woods where we talk a lot about the coronavirus did we uh, along with juliet saying a story of how her mom thinks that somebody <laughs> <laughs> she's working in oh no it's oh, her, her partner her partner has coronavirus <laughs> which is great and aged wonderfully um and oh, it's here like, in the, what are the odds yeah it's in the annals of history so yeah there we go so yeah um that would be if this was like a movie that would be really ominous where it's like one episode they're talking about it and then the next there's just no episode after that like that's it (laughs) (laughs) that's exactly what happened (laughs) yeah that's pretty much what happened so i have not um i mean i've left my house minimally but like for the sake of having gone to work or anything like that i haven't left my house since March 6th wow okay it is um oh my god it is April 29th (laughs) and it's gonna it's gonna last a while longer and it's keeping going uh it's it's still here it's still keeping us at home I'm trying to wonder what when my last day was but it had to be I'd say probably like a week later than you or something yeah it was I think it was because I started a little bit I started working from home a little bit earlier than we were like told to. Yeah. Um. So yeah. I was already like doing like half a week usually anyway because I was yeah stressing out a little bit too. But like a week later uh, is when our office like officially closed. So I like genuinely stopped leaving my house. Um. Although, I don't know, I think I still, like, kind of went out a little bit to, like, I don't know, shopping and stuff like that, which I have not been doing nearly at all, um, yeah, since, uh, for, like, yeah, more than a month for sure, month and a half, maybe. Uh, yeah, so anyways, it's been fun, it's been great. Yeah, there's been, so when did the, like, lockdown order start? It's a good question, I'm not sure. It was, because I think it was originally... Yeah, it was gradually, they, they made it more and more. Um, they extended yeah. it further and further. So now they I think also, they've like, they, it they, they, they put in, like, more restrictions as well. Yeah, so you're not allowed, like, go two kilometers beyond your house, except for, like, essential things. Um, what else? You have to, like, queue to get into a lot of supermarkets. Oh, you don't... That's... Um, yeah, it's, <laughs> you have to queue to get to supermarkets. That's not a government rule that you have to queue before oh, you yeah, get no, to a I'm supermarket. Just, I just mean the changes. So, like, you know, there's a lot of restrictions in place and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, men like, everywhere are just growing so much hair. Yes, it's just, it's generally awful. But, um, yeah, uh, basically what, what the restrictions are for is, yeah, you just have to stay home and... You get out for your exercise once a day or maybe to go to a shop and that's it. You can't really drive anywhere. You can't do anything. I have not seen my family uh, for, I would say, probably more than two months now. And that's just because they hate you. (laughs) Yes. Thank you for saying that, Abby. Uh, Abby's eating some garlic bread. That's why she's, uh, yeah. She only supplies me with nice comments like these while I do the monologue. Yeah, Mache is um, isolated with his roommate. I'm quite lucky to be isolated with my family, though. I did just start a new job. Yeah. Which is quite weird. Yeah. But it's fine. You've been uh, you've been living through it. It's uh, you know you're surviving. 
I'm alive. And you have a job, which is nice. And yeah, we're quite have. we're quite fortunate. We have jobs that allow us to work from home. Um, we are definitely very lucky, but it is taxing. Sure. Yeah, I think it's taxing on everybody, but um, yeah, it's probably a lot more taxing on a lot more people. Um, exactly. Yes, yeah. So uh, we still consider ourselves lucky. Yeah. And basically, what happened is. We had this big fucking schedule of all the things we want to do <laughs> till, I don't know, like half, till June. Like we had a schedule of this podcast till June, I think, somewhere around this time with films and dates and like, we're going to record this weekend, we're going to record this weekend. We take a break here because this is going to happen. We Stuff were going like to do April Fool's Day for April Fool's Day. Uh, yes, we were, we were going to do like a bonus episode. There was like loads of things we were going to do. And um, yeah, and then suddenly uh the the world uh died <laughs> the world fucking exploded and here we are stuck at home not really sure what's going on it's all stressy and weird and you know we're trying to find our way around it we um we were considering returning because we figured what's the point in following our schedule because we the world doesn't have a schedule anymore yeah. And we were considering coming back to you with like an apocalyptic episode. But we thought, let's not overload them with something that's already quite prevalent in their brain. We've come to you with a bit of comic relief, a bit of a breather. Because usually our podcast is very, you know, it's a serious podcast. Serious. Well, not, not easy to listen to we are... because it's serious. We are, in fact, going to be talking about Mean Girls. <laughs> hey. and, and when I said this to my sister, she said, Mean Girls is not a horror movie. And I said, it's about the horrors of being a teenage girl. You should have said, go fuck yourself. That's, I said Don't that tell as well. me how to live my podcast. <laughs> but that is, that is the loophole we're using. It's about the horrors of being a teenage girl. And no, we're but- just trying to bring something. We're bringing lightness to you people i think generally you know what you know the, the thing about all this is like we recorded 15 episodes and we were really good at with keeping on schedule for for those you know a few months and we got 15 episodes every week of you know pretty regular horror movie stuff with with some comedies thrown in but i i don't think anybody can argue about you know any of those films there being considered horror or having horror elements um so i think we have a season of you know really good stellar uh horror stuff um and obviously you know stuff happened and now we're here and this is going to be called season two and i probably season two is going to be our lockdown season you know that's that's how it's looking right now i don't think anything major is going to change for for a little for a lot longer time yeah i'm predicting i'm predicting we won't see each other until at least september yeah at least september Maybe longer than that. I don't know. This year kind of seems like a big. Yeah. Nobody knows what's going to happen. I don't know if I will be able to go back to Poland at any point. Probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So, so, so generally, I think season two is going to be this. And I think it's fun. And I think it's a good idea to, to maybe make season two something else. You know, something different than season one. And it's our podcast. So shut the fuck up. Yeah, we do whatever we want. Uh, this is <laughs> our did- show. Because we also need the escape. But I mean, because that's, I mean, part of the reason we are coming back is because, well, we're not doing anything else. And 
part of the reason that we decided to come back was, and Mache proposed it, was because we're just stuck at home. We're not, because we're not working together, we're also not talking as much, which is pretty sad. Yeah. Um, and there's just the element of like, there's not much fun that you can do for yourself these days. And especially like me, I don't read. <laughs> I don't like, <laughs> I don't like reading. And there's, I don't know, there's a lot of things I'm kind of, I'm sort of bad at like setting time aside for myself. And I know a lot of people are like that. So being able to, you know, do that and the podcast was always a highlight of the week. So now we're bringing it back. Yeah, I think for you also it was, I mean, from what I remember when we started doing this, it was also like a thing of uh, you wanted to watch the movie by yourself just to have that, you know, two hours as well where you don't have to, I don't know, talk during the film or kind of engage with anybody else. You just watch it yourself. You take the notes and yeah. that's kind of it. Um, There's also that that I like, because for the, for the first while I was able to watch movies. Um, well, <laughs> for the first while of it, I was like making more of an effort to start watching films. But then like, it's funny how, I don't know, it's it's hard to explain, but I feel like there's an element of like not using, not using your time as well or like, I don't know, you can kind of tend to, I think I've kind of gotten into this thing of, it's like, I, do, I work, I wake up, I work, and then it's like, I eat dinner, and I guess I go to sleep. Yeah, yeah. I FaceTime my boyfriend, and then I go to sleep. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I have a very similar thing. Uh, you FaceTime my boyfriend? I, I FaceTime your boyfriend, and, and we kind of talk about some stuff, you know, that we need to talk about. Uh, then we have a little bit of an intimate moment, and then I go to sleep. Um, I shouldn't be saying that. He's going to be here soon. Yeah, hopefully, government willing. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, but anyways, um, definitely, it's like this thing of the the. I think when we when this first started, the lockdown started. Obviously, we kind of stopped doing it for a while and and tried to readjust. And then you're readjusting. You're trying to get used to it, and you're trying to find you know a rhythm to today again, and kind of get used to working from home and not going out and doing all this stuff. And yeah, we've been doing that for a while now, and I guess it's time to to think about expanding because you know, I think the the initial plan was let's let's see what happens and then start doing the podcast again once it's possible, but it's not gonna happen. Yeah, I think I think a big part of it was, and even like at the start. So when I left, it was the day the last day I worked in the old office was the day I handed in my four weeks notice. And so there was that four week period and I was like, I'm going to work from home for like my health, my family's well-being, etc. Yeah. But I left all my stuff in the office because I didn't think that I was like, I was like, I'll probably like, I'll be back. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't all my stuff still in the office. <laughs> um, yep. But yeah, so I think everyone was kind of in that same vein of like, oh, well, we'll be back. Like, well, so it was the same. We're like, oh, I guess we're just on a little hiatus for a while while, you know, this all happens. Yeah. But um, it's not stopping anytime soon. So definitely. I, I think nobody really thought or was able to realize how, how much of a. Yeah. I mean, I think people could realize how important or like how big it is. But I think, yeah, I don't, I have, I don't think you could really understand how long it's going to take. Yeah. I think it's sort of when it becomes so much more I don't know when you become more aware of it it's that thing of like well you know this like we can't go back to normal until there's like a vaccine because 
that it's so contagious that it's and you can if you get it once you can get it again so there's no really it's gonna like it's the same as like measles you know it's gonna be one of those things that kids are vaccinated against when they're born yeah exactly um yeah so basically we are at a crucial moment in human history (laughs) i mean this is the this is like the biggest kind of event similar to this or one of the biggest i would say it's hard to explain but this is like the biggest event like anyone in my family has experienced even like my gaga my grandfather he so he was he was alive during world war ii but it's it's that thing so it's similar it's definitely something a bit more familiar to him but even that it's this it's the element of the because it's it's a pandemic it's not like a war or something like that it's it's very different um and it's something that definitely we're not familiar with in like the western world at least i remember swine flu and swine flu wasn't this big a deal a lot of the, the the diseases that we had that we remember were that big of a deal. There were some like you know some panics. Uh, I yeah. do remember bird flu being a panic at some point in my childhood. Uh, I remember foot and mouth disease. <laughs> um, cancel like the Patrick's Day parade in Ireland got cancelled. That the whatever year foot and mouth disease was like rampant. Um, so the the St Patrick's Day parade got cancelled, but I don't think like much else was was um was disrupted and then yeah. swine flu happened when we were like 16 15 or 16 and um if something like that and I remember going to I was in the I'd been in Irish college over the summer and I came back and I was like really sick and I went to the doctor and I was like um I was quarantined because I had like similar symptoms so I was like put in I was I think I was given like a mask and gloves and I was put in a separate room and so at the I feel like similarly there was at least that kind of approach to it at the start but it was nowhere near it wasn't as contagious and I guess it maybe wasn't as deadly possibly I also didn't have swine flu I had um, glandular fever okay I don't remember swine flu being a a thing at all um I'm not sure if it didn't make its way to to the east it didn't make its way around the world, I think, as much as this has. This has become very global. I think this has, like, is it has to be attributed to um, tourism. Oh, and, sure. You know, Italy is one of the most hit places by it, and you know, Italy is a top tourist spot. Um, yeah, there we go. Was it was it worth it making all those tasty pizzas? <laughs> yes, probably. Probably was. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, whereas like swine flu started in america i think it started maybe in south america or just started in america i'm not really sure i was reading up about it a while ago because i was really interested in the whole thing of like i lived through this other thing but it wasn't the same but it was sim. like i remember it changed that's why there's hand sanitizer everywhere now and that's why i remember always like steel it was like it can live really long on steel or no, it wasn't that it could live really long on steel. It was that it could be easier. It was easier to clean it off steel. Oh, okay. So lots of things were like replaced with steel. Hmm. So there's, it changed a lot of things. But this is going to this is gonna change like everything. It's going to change how people travel. Yeah, for sure. Like, have you got a mask? I don't have a mask. We, My mom made masks. We could probably send you one if you want. Be nice. We Although can you, you can't breathe in your masks at all, right? 
That's what you told me that you cannot breathe in your mask. I can very, I can rarely breathe. Um, <laughs> I snore for two hours a night. I have an app that tells me, um, and I snore for like two hours a, a night on average, probably an hour and a half, maybe. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, they're quite hard to breathe out of. But if they're hard to breathe out of, probably pretty hard for the virus to get in, eh? I'm not sure if uh, that's, uh, you know, that's how it works uh, exactly. But sure, yeah. I mean, yeah, if you have an extra mask, I'll take it, you know. Well, I don't really want to buy a mask because that, that feels like it's an asshole thing to do. Yeah, no, right we now. had, so we had masks that we were using before that were just masks that um, my mom and Bill had for their cabin for, like, art. So if they were yeah, doing yeah, yeah. Like, stuff, so they were definitely, like, nowhere near good enough for the level of a mask you would need for this but at the same time it was a mask uh, yeah. it was something it was a protective layer whereas these masks are like mom and megan made them like following all the requirements i don't know so they're like yeah. they're buying more material i think these are made out of like an old night dress but it's like cotton flannel kind of thing and then you leave a pocket to put in a coffee filter and all yeah. that stuff yeah. they're making them with like all those patterns but yeah don't buy any. Oh, I think I wanted to say that I might, I might, I may never touch a human again. Yeah, it's it's gonna change how. It's just it is literally just gonna change everything. Yeah, but uh, you have a boyfriend, but how am I supposed to get to know anybody now? Like it's not um, like I was making that much of an effort or progress, before, <laughs> but you know, still. There'll eventually become a time. <laughs> I mean, I think it's a probably a really good time to be on Tinder. Is it? No one has anything to do. You can build up if you're good at like, because you're good at like, you're a very nice person and you're good to talk to. So you could easily. Some people aren't good to talk to. I'm I'm terrible at Tinder. Like I I have no idea what to say or how to re react. But you have an immediate conversation starter. Hey, what is it? hey, hey, lockdown, eh? Ha ha ha. Something like that. How many times have you <laughs> masturbated today? No, don't. So don't ask them that. No? What? No. Is that already wrong? Yeah. See? That's the problem. <laughs> but the thing is, is that I feel like it's a good time if you're someone who's like usually sort of shy about like dating or anything like that. It's a good time to build a connection, right? Because no one can do anything. Well, I, I, know, I, get, I get what you're saying. I'm right. Uh, but also at the same time, like uh, talking to somebody you don't know over an app on your phone is, I think, the most uh, awkward thing you can do. Like it's even like it's easier to talk to somebody you don't know in person to me. Like I can talk to somebody at a party that I don't know and I can, you know, somehow make it work usually unless that somebody really doesn't like me, which is you know, fair. Um, but usually I can like walk up to somebody at a party, especially I did that a lot when I was younger and I went to parties, <laughs> but uh, it's like a thing. You can do it. You just walk up to somebody and it's like, hey, hey, we're at a party. Doesn't this suck? You know, um, stuff like that. But then on an app, I don't know. It's just like it's this forced situation where you feel like you have to talk because you matched or whatever. And I don't know. It just feels very unnatural. And I think people have different ways of approaching that. And some people are like really jokey and try to not treat it seriously. And some people are, I don't know, 
it's really boring and I don't know where to find myself in that. I feel like Hinge is the place. Have you ever tried Hinge? What's Hinge? It's another dating app, but it's like you make your profile and it gives you like you can answer questions. There's like prompts and you answer the prompts. Okay. And, and then you can react to someone's prompt. So like you don't need to match in order to talk. But like, so say if they have a thing that's like, oh, I love Polish men, you could like it. Or you could reply to it and say, I am Polish man. That's perfect. But <laughs> <laughs> well, there's loads of those fucking things. Uh, I don't know. I, I only really used Tinder. Um, like for real, like I tried using it like maybe twice. Um, and both of those times were just act- like uh, terrible disasters. Just like absolutely terrible. Like the worst outcomes possible just like but the world is different now the world is different now you're right so ah, maybe you have a point maybe i should just start up a, a different dating app and uh pretend uh, my face doesn't look like a jungle and, and and go from there it doesn't look like a jungle i don't know it looks weird a little bit it's quite hairy everybody but... does reference that every meeting i go to everybody no one has anything to talk about. That is true. I so many of my meetings, people end up talking about like their food. This is literally all people are doing are eating. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, we do talk. Uh, Americans talk about uh, Animal Crossing, so I talk about Stardew Valley. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, my meeting today started with me talking about how I lost my save in Stardew Valley and how my main conversation topic is now gone. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, that was sad. But it made people laugh, so, you know, that's great. That's good. We love to make people laugh. Uh, yeah, that's why we make a podcast about horror films. Speaking and... of. Yeah, let's, let's, let's try talking about the film. Let's talk about Mean Girls. Mean Girls, a film. Um, what's your uh, history with Mean Girls? When did you first see it? Um, I first saw Mean Girls when I was 12. Oh, wow. Too that early. That had to be when it actually like came out, right? I think it's like what two thousand four. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was eleven, because it came out two thousand and four. I was yeah. born in ninety four. Yeah. Because my sister saw it in the cinema, and I remember we like got it on DVD or video or whatever. We like rented it. I guess she rented it to watch it, and then I watched it by myself. And I remember my cousin. Like came to our house and my mom was like, let her watch the movie with you. And she was younger than me. And I was like, no, she's too young. I was also too young. Um, but I must have been... I must have been 11. Um, but yeah, so I watched a, it. I would show that film to an uh, 11, 12-year-old girl. She wouldn't get all of it, but that's fine. There's a lot of sex. I mean, it's not... I, I don't know. I grew up in Catholic guilt, so... Yeah. Well, I'm Polish, I don't know. so, you know, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, we can try to make competition out of that, but... Yeah, it's always... Right. I'm a girl. That's true, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so... I definitely think I was too young when I saw it. I would give anything to see Mean Girls again for the first time. Really? I love Mean Girls so much. Okay. It's such a great film. It evokes... It, it, I wrote it down somewhere. Oh yeah, just in general, like the... I'll get to that in a minute. But 
it's very it's just like it's very true i mean my school experience was obviously not the same in terms of there were no boys (laughs) yeah that's a big difference but i feel like it resonated more when i was older obviously um because of all my trauma (laughs) 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 but but i mean it's very real like it very much shaped certain parts of me i remember when i was um I guess when I was this age, when I was 11 or 12, like when Mean Girls was topical, I had, so number one, it was a bad time in my life because um, I was in a gang. Oh, okay. That's a start. I'm sure I've told you about this. I've, I've told, I had a confession I have to make to everybody. I was in what you could refer to as a gang. We've referred to ourselves as a gang, um, I think. But we were just like, it was just a, it was a click, basically. We're called the D4 gang. A D4 is um, supposed to be someone from Dublin 4 who is, like, rich and wears certain types of clothes. There's a whole, like, thing that goes along with it. It was very topical, again, at the time. I wasn't rich. We also didn't live in Dublin 4. Yeah. So, but that's what we called ourselves. And we were very much not nice. Um. But I remember I had a birthday party where, that year and I was, I think it might have been Mean Girls themed and we had like a burn book. We like had a folder and my mom printed out something that was like burn book and it was supposed to be just like a little like silly like I guess prop but yeah. we used it as like a burn book. It wasn't nice. Wow. All right. You did a real burn book. So you watched the film Mean Girls you took the burn book from the film Mean Girls and instead of learning anything from the film, you actually did the thing that you, that the film tells you you shouldn't do. Yes. I wasn't yeah. emotionally mature. Also, I got my period that year. So oh, yeah. Okay. I, was yeah going, maybe, I was going through a lot. Yeah, maybe you're right. It was a little bit too early to see Mean yeah. Girls. But the group got disbanded. Um, we were publicly humiliated in front of the whole class. Um, I'll never forget the moment I can see it really distinctly of my teacher saying to the whole class well the d4 gang please all stand up (laughs) like that sounds like a wonderful moment it was no it was terrible it was the most shameful moment of my life um but yeah so that's the that was the period of my life where i was a bully but i was bullied quite a lot so i think it's fine you were bullied no way but well, you were a part of a gang, so you did the bullying. But before that, I was bullied. Oh, okay. I was bullied in, I guess, second class. So when I was eight. And I was probably bullied at some point again. I feel like then, I feel like it's one of those things, that was sort of the period where bullying was, I don't know. That was back when bullying was something that was a lot more, like, simplistic and, like, Mean Girls is about how bullying can actually like be the worst when it's like internal in the sense of like bullying like from your friend so you don't like see it as bullying in a way and i experienced a lot of that i mean mean girls is in a large part about being in a in a passive aggressive relationship and i'm sure you could name bullying like that you know passive aggressive relationship for sure um so what happened after that after you the the d4 gang disbanded 
What was your big change? Um, I don't know. I'm not okay. friends. With, like, I'm not friends with any of those people anymore. All right. Well, that's fair enough. I guess I think. I don't know. I don't like. I think it was such a superficial thing that I didn't have to like change anything because I had always been nice. I think. <laughs> So it was just like a, um, like a play thing. like a... Yeah, I think for me it was kind of, I think there's a big part of it that was, it's like being, and I like that's what you see in Mean Girls. It's about being accepted. And I was like kind of one of like the right hand people. Yeah. So it's that thing of being like, like, oh, I'm being accepted. I'm part of this group. And the thing is we were horrible and we were horrible to different people. Mm. I wasn't, har- I was just culpable. I was like, horrible by association but I would never like do the bullying um but like we were horrible as it like as a thing but people like still wanted to be a part of it yeah yeah yeah. and that's like what it is it's like when you're a part of it you don't want to not be a part of it yeah was there somebody like on top like was there a leader to this gang oh yeah who was that and are they in prison they're not in prison. Um, it's no justice. I don't. I don't remember the last Peace. time I talked to her, but she's. Again, I think they all turned out to be pretty decent people. Yeah, <laughs> probably. I, I don't know. But I think I always had that kind of mental vendetta. Of like, I was associated with this thing, and it was you. But again, like, we were all shitty hormonal twelve-year-olds. Yeah. It's kind of hard to look back. Like, now you can look back and be like, I don't think any of us can... I don't think you can say any of us were bad. Like, in the sense of, I can't look back and blame one particular person and say they're horrible. Yeah. They all turn out fine. Well, you know. You turned out. Except me. You you did did turn out. Like, you are now. In the present, you are a person. So you did manage to turn out. And that's as much as I'm willing to say. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, so, Mache, what's your experience with Mean Girls? Great question. Well, it's not that interesting of a story <laughs> because I was never a 12-year-old girl uh, going through her first period. Um, so I think, I don't know, I, I think I have a memory of seeing Mean Girls for the first time probably a bit later than you, probably being in my like teenage Probably a bit later, but not like extra later. Probably like 14, 15, maybe. I think I think it was one of those films that I kind of watched with my family, like with my sister and my dad. And, oh, no. Yeah, and it was just like one of those comedies you kind of watch together. And uh, yeah, I don't think... I, I think I liked it at the time. I think it was kind of uncool to like this film as a 14-year-old, 15-year-old boy. But I think I was fine with it. I don't think I had much of a big relationship with it i certainly don't remember i remember like when i was rewatching it i definitely remembered some scenes and some scenes kind of stick with you a little bit but i don't think i had a huge relationship with that film back then i think it just kind of it just kind of happened it was one of those comedies we we all watched together and uh, i don't think my sister has much of a relationship with that film as well just because it's it's hard i think to take that film which is a very very Western, very American kind of experience and to put it to your, you know, uh, Polish high school kind of uh, school life, uh, which was which was different. And it was also different for me because I was in a private school 
and you know i was i was very lucky for most of my life to be like in good pretty well respected schools and i only had like a year in like a like a place where there was like actual bullying and actual stuff like that happening and um i was always i think awkward enough to kind of get away from that because people didn't know how to bully me effectively because i just i don't know how i just i didn't really care much so i think it was not i wasn't a great target because there wasn't much of a effect um which is why i guess i am still bullied to this day by people that i consider friends but you know um i guess that's how it goes so yeah so mean girls was just one of those films that we watched and i kind of forgot about it and then i think later on you kind of start realizing how big of a thing that that film is and i like rewatched parts of it and stuff like that and um yeah then i rewatched it yesterday and it was great to see it uh again from a different perspective and kind of knowing a bit more about film and stuff like that and also having more of an experience in those kinds of films like you know teenage american films uh i had my john hughes phase i, I had my you know 80s comedies phase I just watched Clueless, so I think I was kind of ready for for Mean Girls right now, and uh, yeah, ready to appreciate it more. And um, yeah, it's a very good film. I don't know, it holds up very well, except for a few moments (laughs) where it holds up very badly. (laughs) Yeah, like there's always going to be those things from that time that are like, you watch them and you're like, oh, no. Yeah, they're very jarring here. There's like maybe only two, but they, they are very jarring yeah they're not too bad let's talk about it let's talk about it uh my first note says lord michaels made this which is an observation i guess that lord michaels is the pro- uh, one of the producers of this film my first note says this soundtrack evokes such nostalgia and then i said i wore out this dvd because i did we had it on dvd and i watched it so much that um it stopped working do you ever have one of those uh, portable DVD players with like a little screen? No, I'm not rich. Uh, I had one of those uh, back when my family was like a little bit rich. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I would use I used to take it with me to like uh, camps and stuff like that because I was a very anxious child as well. I, I didn't take uh, trips very well and I always wanted to go back home and stuff like that. And that continued uh, up into my like later teens even. Um, so I had this little portable DVD player that I took with myself that was supposed to kind of keep me company and make me feel less agitated when I could like take all my favorite films with me on DVD and kind of watch them when I'm feeling bad. It's a great idea. You know, it's, I guess, a coping mechanism I still have a little bit. Um, but I took it on one of those camps with my school and there were a bunch of older uh, dudes on that trip and they, uh, and they bought like, uh, like a porn magazine. Uh, some sort of version of Playboy, I guess. I think we're in Bulgaria. So, you know, uh, when you're 15, getting one of those in Bulgaria is very easy, I'm sure. Um, and 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 had a DVD uh, attached to the magazine. And, um, and the boys in the camp uh, asked me if they could borrow my portable DVD player to watch the DVD together in their room. And I said, well, okay. And I gave it to them. And then it came back. And... Uh, the screen was all like smeared for the touching because no. <laughs> they touched it all over. I was like, ugh. 
I Why hope did that you was do that. I don't know. I was a kid. There were like older kids being like, "Hey, can we order your portable DVD player? Can we borrow it?" And I was like, "Well, okay, you know, maybe that's gonna make me cool." I didn't even <laughs> watch the DVD. I don't know what happened on that DVD. Did it make you cool? Uh, no. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> Those, those stupid idiots, they even fucking, they took the, the fallout from it, right? There was like a poster with a bunch of uh, topless girls and they put it uh, above like the entrance to their room. So when you walked into the room, you didn't see it. You had to like turn around and like look above because it was like above the door. <laughs> and they put it up there. So they thought nobody's going to notice. And the first time that the teacher went in, they all, I think, kind of like, you know, out of panic, like, looked a little bit. <laughs> Above and he like noticed that right away. Idiots. <laughs> they were idiots. Children are stupid. Anyways, uh, why did I talk about that? Oh, because we we're talking about DVDs. Yeah, I never had Mean Girls on DVD. I have it. I bought. Have to buy it again. Obviously, yeah. it died. I'd buy it. It's a good buy. It's great. Um, but yeah. So the film basically starts. The premise. I think everyone listening to this has seen it. Probably, if you haven't, I should probably go see it. Fix yourself. Um, but basically, there's a girl named Katie. And she is going to school. She used to live in Africa. And she's going to school in America now. They moved back home. She is played by Lindsay Lohan. This is the probably the last good film Lindsay Lohan did, I think. Maybe yeah. the first also. No, Parent Trap is good. Yeah. Okay, I- I'm going to agree with this. Uh, it's I think maybe a little bit of a problem watching this film now. If you've never seen this film before, I think it will be hard for you to kind of believe Lindsay Lohan in this particular performance. Certainly a lot of things have changed since then. And I think the image of Lindsay Lohan is interfering with this film <laughs> where she is like a, an unpopular new kid at a school who's whole character is kind of being outside an outsider kind of weird a little bit awkward and also very much like a blank page so any girl could put all her actual personality traits onto her yeah i feel like for me i can watch it definitely if you knew about Lindsay lohan now and then watched it for the first time it just wouldn't work in your brain it might work but for me because like that was the Lindsay lohan that i knew when I watched it. Oh, sure, yeah. I think when, so, when you watched it at that time, you didn't even think of that because you didn't... You didn't know she was going to yeah. go crazy. Go crazy, yeah, exactly. As um, all Disney stars do. Well, most of them, but, you know, some of them come back, like, you know... Uh, fuck, what's the name of Kevin uh, from, from Home Alone? Um, Macaulay Culkin? Macaulay? Is that his name? Am I pronouncing Macaulay? that right? Macaulay? Okay. Macaulay He's, Culkin? Uh, he, he did have a bad uh, period, I think, but he's back now. He's doing a lot of fun stuff, and he looks okay, and he seems to be doing okay, which I'm very happy about. And, uh, yeah, the kid from The Sixth Sense, uh, Harry Joel Osment, he's fat. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that's, like, it's the main... Weird. That's the main thing you notice about him when you see him now, I guess, unfortunately. His sister was in Hannah Montana and Spy Kids. And that's all I like. Great, great. To, to me, he's not famous. Oh, it's oh, his sister. Gotcha. All right. Because uh, I love Hannah Montana. Yeah, I don't agree because that boy was an AI, and that's Spielberg's best film. 
and uh, feel free to write hate mail to me, but that film rocks. Uh, Artificial Intelligence, amazing film. And he's very good at it. I mean, he plays a robot. And it's hard to play a robot well. Am I right, Robin Williams? I'm sorry, he's dead. Can't really defend himself. Bisexual man, that's the, that's, that's the reference. So, so this film is not about a robot. It's about a lady, uh, a girl, a teenage girl coming in from Africa. She starts at this new school. She's always been homeschooled. She's 16. And yeah, we start the film at, at her first day in school. And she comes in and uh, yeah, and there's Tina Fey. And she takes off her top. And, it's, and the song it, is like, you know who? Come on, rip him to shreds. You know, come on and rip him to shreds. That's how the song goes. Please don't copyright claim us. I'm sure this is all over. Like this is this is it. Uh, and the principal of the school is the fucking guy from uh, Walk Hard. And I, I, because of that, I just cannot look at him <laughs> seriously. <laughs> like I just can't because every time I do it, I see him like in the closet smoking weed. Have you seen Walk Hard? That's a great film. I have not seen it. Uh, it's like it's a it's a parody of uh, Walk the Line. Uh, oh, yeah. So it's like it's this kind of parody of like musician biography films. It is pretty amazing, and um, he plays like uh, I think one of the musicians in that film. Oh wow, he's great. There's a lot of that's Tim Meadows. There's a lot of great um, SNL alumni, alumnus, in this film. <laughs> And it was written by Tina Fey. Yeah, it's written by Tina Fey. That's why Lauren Michaels is a producer as well. All of his children are in it. Yeah. What? All of his children. Lauren Michaels. How many children does he have? Tina Fey. Tim Meadows. Oh, that's what you mean. Okay. Anna Gastar. Amy Poehler. Uh, Amy Poehler. Yeah. Probably other people, but they're the four that I know are in SNL. The, the big ones. And uh, is Tina Fey on SNL at that time? Yes, maybe. <laughs> yeah, about, I would say so. What about yeah. Furby Rock? Is Furby Rock already happening? I don't know. I don't know the timeline. I'm just kind of interested. Tina yeah. Fey's career. Well, I'm interested in that because Tina Fey's career is has got, I think, a very big up. Like it's got like this moment where she's really on top. Oh yeah. And um, and I, 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 she never has like a big like you know fall or anything. She didn't do anything terrible, but there's definitely like a. I mean, Mean Girls like, is her magnum opus. Well, I don't know. Uh, I'm not a big Ferdy Rock guy. I, I haven't really watched that much of it, but um, well, she did a lot of it, <laughs> and that was very <laughs> much like her thing, you know. So I, I don't know. know. Uh, and Why she only wrote. This. She didn't direct this, and no uh, career. She does have a big part, like in it, but oh yeah, she's still know. in SN- She was still in SNL at the time, and Thirty Rock hadn't started. So SNL and Thirty Rock, um, SNL finished. She finished an SNL in 2006. 30 Rock started in 2006. Okay, cool. That's so she's still SNL. Very impressive that she managed to write a fucking screenplay while being on SNL, which is historically uh, demanding. Yeah, demanding. But I mean, they're pretty apologetic to their favorites. Uh, yeah, they're but it's not like forgiving. I don't know. But it's not like Tina Fey was like phoning it in on SNL or anything. She was fucking great. She was killing it. And uh, Amy Poehler, the same. That was a great time for, for SNL. And uh, I think it's a time that maybe... I mean, I you know, I never watched SNL because it was not on TV or anything like that. I just watched clips and like I know of it because I kind of got interested at some point. 
But uh, yeah, the sketches back from there. Then you know, I think was Bill Hader already on? Was Kristen Wiig already on? Like you know, Jesus. I don't think Does... Kristen Wiig and Tina Fey overlapped. Um, Did they? No, I don't think so. Um, Bill Hader was in SNL um, for one year with Tina Fey. Kristen right. Wiig hadn't had a nose job yet. I didn't know she had a nose job. She did. It's very. Um, I mean, she's not. She doesn't. She's not shy about it. She used to work in a plastic surgery office, but she got. A, you can clearly see, like after a couple of seasons of SNL, she has a nose job. Right. She started SNL in two thousand five. Two thousand five. Okay, so they overlapped for yeah. a year. All right. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, at that stage, Tina Fey was mostly just like I, she would have been one of the head writers, and she was doing yeah. um, Weekend Update. With yeah. Jimmy Fallon? Seth Myers? Amy Poehler. No, it was Amy Poehler and Seth Myers. Amy and Tina, I think, used to do it together. And then Tina yeah, and Tina Fallon did it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, so she's great. And this is, she's now, she's adapted Mean Girls. It's a musical now. Um, yeah. And I have not seen it, obviously. Probably never will because of the apocalypse. Um, but the music's pretty good. Great. Uh, there's also a Mean Girls 2. I don't know who made that. It's not good. Yeah. Did you see it? Yeah, it's not good. I feel like I, I might have stopped watching it. <laughs> like, I, I, like, I, don't, I don't think I finished it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this is a Tina Fey script, and it's a very well-written film, and you can kind of get that right away. It's got a lot of bits. It's got a lot of sketches. It's very sketchy in terms of how it's built. Uh, it's got a you know a pretty uh, pretty regular film structure, even though there's a lot going on. So I think it's like maybe unlike a lot of the teenage comedy stuff, it it's actually a lot more complicated than you would presume it is because there are different levels of what characters are trying to do, and it, it all kind of moves at a like there are a couple things moving at the same time. So. Uh, I think you know it's kind of it's kind of interesting how this works and that this still feels very natural and you don't really feel lost because you know there are different motivations you know a character pretends to be this but actually this is happening while she's pretending actually stuff happens to her uh, you know so it's 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 a bit more complex and uh, yeah it works pretty well uh, but a lot of it is still like you know there's a there's a situation that that happens because of the script and that situation is written like a comedy sketch with a with a punchline with a joke with something happening there and those are pretty great jokes yeah so if you want to look at Mean Girls as a horror film I think you can I think it's hard because <laughs> <laughs> it definitely doesn't make it you know it's not its main thing but it does have that whole um, Africa. Uh, subplot because Lindsay Lohan is from Africa and she sees high school as kind of a uh, a place like a jungle or like a place where you know people go crazy and behave like animals and stuff like that so there is this little element of it uh, but if anything I would say that watching Mean Girls is a little bit like watching a political thriller um, because oh it's- yeah similarly uh complex in terms of motivations and like just like layers of people and who goes to who and why and there's you know, a the hierarchy whole, yeah there's a hierarchy and there's like a plan going from the bottom to take over the top which is a very like 
you know, uh, political thriller kind of thing, which is interesting. Kind of makes for a fun uh, environment for this to, to grow in. All right. So, yeah. So Lindsay Lohan is in the school and nobody like she's feeling weird because she's been homeschooled all her life. And now she's this environment and uh, yeah, everything's weird and there are cliques of people and she doesn't know what to do. Her first class with it is with Tina Fey uh, and what they do maths or whatever the fuck. And she meets, I think it's calculus. Yeah. Yeah. Tina Fey shows her boobies. Uh, not really. Unfortunately, it's just like, yeah, like, yeah, her bra. It's still exciting. Uh, because Tina Fey, Tina Fey is such a sexy person, you know, I think. There's a great exchange, because that's the thing I think, it sounds kind of weird, I realized that later on in the film, when you watch it as an adult, and I use the word adult quite loosely, because um, I'm also a child, um, but when you watch it as an adult, and this stuff, I think it's the first time I've watched it having, like, as someone who has a career... <laughs> Okay. And watching it from that perspective of like being an adult and like the politics and all that kind of stuff and looking back on like teenagers and that um you kind of understand it kind of gives you a different perspective on actually watching the adults um and seeing how that's like a whole other world of politics and weirdness and it's like we're all just kind of trying to get along uh in this crazy world we're just trying to make our way and obviously the adult world in this uh, film is not that complex or there's definitely not that much attention put to it uh, I guess Tina Fey is the most developed character of all of yeah. those um, but uh, yeah but it's still like you know you can definitely find yourself there and there's some cool stuff and um, I think mostly it tries to establish this yeah it's not that different yeah at the end of the day and um so Tim Meadows is the principal, as we discussed. He doesn't he have comes... a, any any sort of <clears throat> facial hair, which is really, really it's confusing. Really, really integral to the plot as well. It's confusing. I, I can't deal with it. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> so, um, Tina Fey's character, her name is Miss Norbury. She spills coffee on herself, pulls up her top, her top sticks to her other top boobies are out the principal walks in this is in front of her whole class the principal walks in and he's like um and then her top gets fixed and then he says how was your summer and she says i got divorced oh, which is funny yes haha <laughs> laugh uh everybody laughs especially 12 year old girls yeah so that's that <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> Uh, yeah, so her first day is mostly just like awkwardness, I guess. She eats a sandwich in the in, in the bathroom. She gets is, she really she walks past. So there's the whole again the politics of the like I don't know. You yeah. see the clicks already, but she walks into the cafeteria and there's just a great line that I wrote down where you overhear a guy say, "It only counts if you saw a nipple." Uh, because those. Uh... Those boys are from the MPAA and they're discussing a film that they're supposed to rate <laughs> and whether they're going to give it an R or a PG-14. Exactly. Um, so it only counts for an R if you see the nipple. That's exactly what's happening. Uh, yeah, it's very... Um, the, the, the comedy is cutting edge, you know, ahead of the times. <laughs> but I wrote down... Yeah, I wrote down eating lunch in a bathroom. And then I said, did you ever at Mache? Did they ever eat lunch in a bathroom? No. Yeah. I did. I, I also wrote it down because it's like that's disgusting. Go I, go fucking I, outside. 
I ate lunch in the bathroom. Why? Sad. But that's where people shit. I know. And and period. <laughs> um. Yeah. For the last like two years of school, I ate lunch in the bathroom a few times. Why? So sad. Why don't you just go somewhere else? Someone will see you being alone, and they'll be like, "Ha! Hey, what the hell? What the hell? Really? What the <laughs> hell? <laughs> what the hell?" Um, no, they'll see you alone and they'll be like, why is she eating alone? Oh my god, no one likes her. Uh, little known fact about Abby, everybody. She went to high school in Alabama. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, no, that's disgusting. She shouldn't do that. Uh, and, okay, I, I guess I kind of get it. I mean, I would just eat lunch by myself and I'll be like, fuck everybody, who cares? But, okay. Uh, yeah, so anyways, she, she, she does that, and I think that's the first day, and then she meets the, the two kids in her math class. Uh, one of them is Lizzie Kaplan, and one of them is a, is a funny guy, and I don't know who, who he is. Dan- Daniel Francesi. Alright, there we go. Um, yeah, and uh, she asks them for, like, directions or something. They talk about something, and she asks for, like, directions to her next class, and they're like, oh, we're gonna take you there uh but then actually they take her to the field where there's no class and instead they sit around and ditch it which is crazy um someone someone asks janice what her wig is made of and she says your mom's chest hair and then i wrote down i think janice is the reason i'm such a bitch you think it's janice yeah uh okay well, you can blame it on Janice, sure. Uh, but Janice is not, 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 not a mean girl. Definitely not a mean girl in this film. I know. Um, she does a, a few mean things, but they're not too bad, considering. No. Uh, her friend, the gay friend, though, is really funny. And I'm kind of surprised that he didn't do much or I didn't really see him in much things after. Because he is, his comedic timing is like, it's really good. He, he's got it going. He guest hosted, guest judged on an episode of RuPaul's Drag Race recently. That's great. Along with the guy who plays Aaron, because they're both gay. What? Amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get to Aaron. Uh, probably my biggest problem with this film is, is Aaron. But uh, we'll get to that. Uh, anyways, so they ditch uh, class, and it turns out it's a health class that teaches you not to have sex. So something that Lindsay Lohan 100% totally should have gone to uh, because it's got a lot of great content in it. It's, it's made, it, the, the coach does it. Mm-hmm. He's a character later on, but he pretty much says don't have sex. Absolutely. Don't have sex because you will get pregnant and die. Don't have sex in a missionary position. Don't have sex standing up. Just don't do it. Promise. And then he says, okay, everybody take some rubbers. And me, age 12, was like, what? Because in Ireland, a rubber is an eraser. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, why are they... I don't get it. Why are they taking erasers? Except I was just saying rubbers. That's confusing. I I get that. Uh, Did you know what a condom is when you were 12? Um, No, probably not. Or... hmm. I think I did know. If I knew, I had no idea that they were referred to as rubbers by Americans. Oh, yeah, sure. I wouldn't know that either. But, you know, um, I think I knew what, what, what condoms are because my mom used to tell me stories of how in communist Poland you couldn't get balloons. 
but you could get a condom, so they would like blow up condoms and make balloons out of them, which is extra sweet. My next question is, how old is Amanda Seyfried in this? Let me find out. Um, which is, uh, you know, thinking about her, probably one of the biggest film stars that comes out of this film. Uh, looking at like the current situation of, of the, the film business. Um, this is maybe her best performance. <laughs> I wrote that down. I think it was her. I think this is her best performance. She's so probably, good in it. Like, like there's really nothing like this is a good performance, first of all. Second of all, I don't know if there's much competition. Um, she's really not very good at many other things, no, <laughs> as we found out. She's so good in this. She's really likable. Like the, she, the, the character is probably one of the most likable characters. Yes. Um, but she's just so good. Yes. She's so funny. Exactly. Yeah. Her timing's amazing. I don't think she does a lot of comedy later on. Like Mamma Mia is not really a lot of comedy for her. No. She was nineteen. Okay, interesting. Nineteen, yeah. Yeah, most looks... of them were age appro age appropriate ish in the sense that like me um Rachel McAdams is the only one who like wasn't Oh, how old is Rachel McAdams in this? She's like twenty six. Oh, okay. Let me like check. Old. Okay, I thought you were gonna say she's like really young, and I was like, wow. Oh no no um no like I think the mains are all sort of a decent age. Besides, <laughs> I would like to say I'm not asking about Amanda Seyfried because of the name of this show and the the game we play later and stuff like that. I was honestly just curious. No, I know. Um. This might be the first time where we're talking about a teenage film involving <laughs> teenagers, where I'm not that worried about this. The, um, so Lindsay Lohan was 18. Yeah. Um, and when you think of it that way, that's the age they were when it was released. So like, she was probably 17 when they made it. Amanda Zeefried was probably like 18 when they made it. And I think it's the same for um, Rachel McAdams. I'm doing maths on my phone. Yeah, Rachel McAdams was 26, which at the time I remember being wow. like, oh my god, she's so old. I'm 26 in a month. Now we're 26. Yeah. Two months. Um, and then Lacey Chabert, who plays Gretchen, was 22. So they were all, like, by the standards of the time, um, and as was Lizzie Kaplan, she was also 22. Yeah. They were all, like, relatively i don't know at least two of them were actually teenagers when they yeah were. yeah yeah. <laughs> was, yeah considering it's an american film it's not like a grief situation at least you know? yeah uh which is which is fine um i don't know like i think watching this film at least for me now i don't really find any of those girls sexy or like it's not a very sexual like it is a sexual film like a lot of this film is about them presenting themselves as sexual and like doing everything they can to kind of dress like that and kind of come up with that. But I think the film is so self-aware of itself that it's kind of hard to watch it in that way. It's, mm -hmm. you know, especially when you start getting like later on the film and you have like the, the, the song performance and stuff like that, which is clearly like making fun of it. But even before that, I think, I don't know, like you, sometimes you watch a film and like, it's about teenagers, but the teenagers are clearly sexualized and are capitalizing on, on, you know, on how those girls look and stuff like that. I don't get that here at all. It's not sexy. They're not sexy. They're very girly. 
you know, they seem like teenagers, and it's not attractive. Yeah, I think it's I think it's very much like showing, and I think that's probably part of the reason it would be hard to like find them sexy, is because it's showing what like teenage girls do and think, and like how they look at themselves and judge themselves, yeah. and all for like how other people are going to perceive them, yeah. or how how they're. I would describe it as like it's not even necessarily how I mean no it's all ties together it's like how the like potential perception that other people have of you influences how you feel about yourself or how yeah. you like how you think people are supposed to look and then you project that onto yourself and you look at yourself and then you're like but I don't look like that and then your brain you're like everyone's thinking about how I don't look like that when they're not yeah exactly yeah but, but then so you're seeing when you have them, it in your brain yeah. And then you start acting on it and, and doing stuff. Yeah. And you're seeing, you're basically just seeing that process. Yeah, exactly. Um, and um, I, I think, I don't know, thankfully, I don't know. I, I never had that that much, but right now I don't have that at all anymore. I don't know. It's good. It's good, yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, what's the next thing that happens? I guess they, uh, then, uh, yeah. It's they're the introduced lunch. to the plastics. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, so they're they're pl- past that Dutch by Missy Elliott plays. <laughs> it's very important. Yes. And we learn about the plastics, and then I think they go to the. So then there's like the tour of the. There's the tour of the cafeteria, but yeah. is it the Futurama song that plays? I don't know. Oh. I thought you were going to be able to confirm or deny that. I, I only know one song later on. I want to talk about it when it comes up. Okay. Because it comes up twice. But, um, no, there are two songs I want to talk about, actually. But yeah, I don't know that one. Um, yeah, but then we have a tour of the cafeteria. And, um, yeah, and there are, like, different tables where you sit at based on what group you belong to. What table would you sit at? Um, I'd, I'd sit in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I so, wrote out uh, burnouts and uh, wannabes. I'm probably one one of those. Was there a wannabe table? Yeah, I'm sure there was because I wrote it down. I don't think there was. Well, you definitely saw the film more than me, so there's. Um... But I I don't think I would I could I would be able to come up with that. So there is. Um... Asian nerds, cool Asians, varsity jocks, um, girls who eat their feelings, girls who don't eat anything, sexually active band geeks, the greatest people you will ever meet, and the worst, beware of the plastics. There's also, I think, a few more that I'm not remembering. Yeah, I think it's one of the worst. I feel like the closest would be the greatest people you'll ever meet in the sense of, like, they were the art people. But I don't think that's where I would have sat. Yeah. I don't know, because I was in the drama club in school, but oh. my the people who I associated with <laughs> in school were not in the drama club. Yes. I feel like there's an the element. Gang. No, 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 not not then. I mean, in like secondary school, when I was like the age that the people in this movie are supposed to be. Um, I feel like the people that I associated with, the only like the closest thing would be the plastics but it's not even it's not even that okay that's I fair don't, enough I don't think there's comparable it's very I mean it's very American I know and I, I didn't really have clicks I just like I don't know I was watching that scene I was 
thinking about, oh, where would I sit in this scenario? I think we would sit at Janice and Damien's table. Uh, yeah. Because we are one of the main characters in the film, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, all right. So anyways, they, they go around. <laughs> we have a little tour of the cafeteria. Everybody's in groups. And then we have the famous uh, butter your muffin thing that was mentioned at this podcast before. Mm-hmm. Um, where uh, a boy walks up to Lindsay Lohan and uh, asks her if she likes her muffin buttered. Uh, by which he means whether she likes her vagina moist. No, he means if she likes butter in her vagina. Oh, sorry. Yes. Whether she likes to put butter in her vagina. Um and she's confused by the question, understandably. <laughs> uh, and then the girls from the plastics kind of uh, jump in and they're like, oh, stop bothering her. And then they translate it into, do you want to have sex with him uh, for Lindsay Lohan? And Lindsay Lohan says, no, thank you, which is a very polite way. And the boy <laughs> is like, you can see his face changing to disappointment. Mm. Like, it's such a great little acting snippet of him just going like, oh, like he was surprised but it, i think it also comes down to that thing of like because he's approaching her with that and he's doing it to like make fun of her mm-hmm. but he's still disappointed to learn that she doesn't want to have sex with him because he's like i want people to want to have sex with me yeah maybe that's, he that's what like, we're all seeking he's probably at this point in his life where he didn't hear that over and over again yet uh, <laughs> but don't worry little boy it's gonna come uh <laughs> And it's gonna come. I I mean that the the people telling you you're not they're not gonna have sex with them. Or that's gonna come. You're not gonna come. Uh, anyways, uh, so yeah, he's very shocked. And then the girls are like, "Hey, come sit with us." And she said, "She does." Regina says, "You can go shave your back now." She does. <laughs> uh, that's pretty funny. She's great. What what is those the, the, those high school people have like some sort of. Uh, Weird thing with like body hair, like the, the they keep talking about body hair. Why you're not allowed to have it? Uh, I guess that's true. Um, I don't know. I think it's the they're he's she's just trying to in some way insult him, and I guess with men there's not as many maybe insults you can come up with. Go grow your penis bigger. I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> uh, I don't remember what do they talk about. Um, they. I can recite this film in the sense of like if I was sitting watching it, I could recite it. I'm not gonna, I'm not able to just recite it, but I, yeah. you know, know what's coming. Um, yeah. they talk and she's like, "I've never seen you before." Uh, she's like, "Who are you? Where are you? Whatever." And she's like, "Oh, I just moved here from Africa." And she's like, "What?" Um, and then she says she was homeschooled. Yeah. And then Karen says, "There's a lot. There's so many like iconic lines in this movie." Um. Karen asks if you're from Africa, why are you white? Yes. And then Gretchen says, Oh my god, Karen, you can't just ask people why they're white. <laughs> this is a fair point. And then um we start to learn about Regina in the way she behaves. So she says, You're like really pretty. And Katie's like, Thank you. And she's like, and Regina's like, So you agree? You yeah. think you're really pretty? And it's like, you're not allowed to think you're pretty. Or, or thank somebody for a compliment. It's great. Yeah. Um, no, it's, it's great. Like, you know, that's the, um, the thing about Regina is she's played by Rachel McAdams, who's 
you know, who's like on a roll. I don't know what she's doing in this film, but she's so dialed in. It's like, it's just amazing to watch her. She's so great. She's a great actress in general. And I mm-hmm. think, you know, as a society, we didn't, you know, acknowledge that enough, unfortunately, throughout the years. Um, but, you know, if you watch this film, like, you know, she steals so much of it. She's so great. She's, uh, oh, she's so committed to it. She's giving Regina this sort of, um, yeah, this layer of, of being, you know, a little bit more complex than you would uh, assume she is because she is passive aggressive and you can notice that right away, but you don't know why exactly mm-hmm. and how it works. And that layer of, you know, that layer of what's going on here is really making it interesting. And she's also got that, you know, that energy, like, you know, bubbling inside and you can see it. And she's got every like, you know, little, little uh, look she does. Uh, seems to mean something else that it actually means. It's great. It's, it's all manipulation. Yeah, it's, it's very manipulative. And... She's very, well, she's clearly a very toxic person. That's kind of how she does it. Mm-hmm. But there's also, you kind of get that thing about her being magnetic at the same time. Exactly. She's very much like a person that that is like, as you said, magnetic. And you want to kind of be around her. Yeah, you want to be in the um, And like being around her makes you feel good. Even though it also makes you feel bad, it's like it's like a drug. Regina yeah. George is a drug, and that's that's a great point. I'm gonna come back to it, but yeah, but in general, I think it's also very much a high school thing because you look at a Regina and you're like, oh, she can say whatever she wants. She says so many things, and those things uh, are often mean. She says retarded a lot, and she says a lot of like things that nobody should say. But back you, then, you, people said it though. But yeah, I know. People said it without like. Mm, being as a like you know the world was so different back then that people were also just shittier without being as aware i guess yeah the vocabulary is different but also she uses it re- repeatedly through the film while, while nobody yeah. else does which exactly. i think does make a little bit of a point so she says like those things and and i think in high school it's really cool it's like oh it's somebody who could say whatever they want they don't care wow that's so awesome uh instead of later you realize everybody can say whatever they want and it's not that cool <laughs> It is actually normal that you maybe try to think about things before you say them. Uh, yeah, which is uh, which is what we do on this podcast. <laughs> never said anything bad. No, ever, never. Um, but yeah, so basically Regina is just like very much showing a bit of like who she is. But at the same time, um, being really magnetic and, you know, pulling Katie in. Um and also she so Katie's wearing a bracelet from Africa, which can only be described as like a Cheeto bracelet. Like it's just got Cheetos on it. It just has Cheetos on it. And she's wearing that. And Regina's like, Oh, I love your bracelet. Where'd you get it? Or something. And she's like, Oh, my mom gave it to me in Africa or whatever. And then Regina's like, It's so cute. And then or no. And then Gretchen says, It's so fetch. And then the whole fetch thing happens. Oh, but um yeah, so that's an important thing, the the compliment to the bracelet. Yeah. It will be brought up again. Uh, yeah, with a little flashback, that's unnecessary. Yeah. Then they go to the bathroom. It cuts to them being in the bathroom. It's um, Katie, Janice, and that's it. And they're talking. And then Damien comes out of the cubicle. And they're clearly in the girls' bathroom. And then Katie's saying, like, Regina seems sweet. Yeah, yeah. And then um, then Janice says, 
Regina George is not sweet. She's a scum sucking road whore. She ruined my life. I wrote that down. Yeah, scum sucking yeah. road whore. Mm-hmm. And then Damien says she's fabulous, but she's evil or something like that. I think. You know, Damien is really the voice of reason in most of those situations. He is because he, he's not got the. So we kind of we gradually learn that Janice has a history with Regina. Yeah. Um. And Damien doesn't have that bias in the sense, like he does, he has it. It's always that thing, like, if you have a friend who, and I've got, like, a lot of... Friends. I'm no. so popular. No, that's not what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I've got, like, a lot of sort of, I guess, memories of this, where, like, you've got, there's someone who you have this, like, trauma associated with, or, like, this history with, and other people don't have the same thing they like so they have that like on your behalf they do have that sort of concept of you know this person did this bad thing whatever but they don't feel it in the same way and they can kind of they can remove that from the situation at different times whereas Janice can't so like you know Damien can pass compliments on Regina the plastics in a way that Janice just like doesn't um, because it's a you know a deep thing inside her um, and then there's also a great moment where there's a girl washing her hands and she sees Damien and she says something like you can't be in here and then he says oh my god Danny DeVito I love your work which is kind of mean but okay but it's, actually, it's also funny yeah, it's like, yeah. yeah. chases her out it's funny <laughs> uh, do we get introduced to, to Kevin at this point where's Kevin 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 Napore. Yeah. Yeah. I've written it down. What do we do? I love Kevin. Kevin's great. I really like Kevin. Kevin's great. Um, he's um, Except for Damien, I guess he's the only male character here. That's kind of cool. Especially from the boys. There's not that many more, I guess. But uh, There's not. This is called Mean Girls, not Mean Boys. That's true. And that's fine. Uh, but yeah, I really like Kevin. Kevin's really cool. I like his style. Uh... I like how that he's good at maths. He's kind of an interesting character somewhere there. Uh, but you never get to know a lot about him because he doesn't seem to have a lot of problems, honestly. <laughs> he has it made. Yeah, she's doing great. He's one of those rare people who... Or not rare. I guess maybe not rare. I'm not sure. I just wasn't one of them. He, he's one of those people who knew who they were in yeah. high school. Yeah, exactly. And he were knows. like, this is what I am. I don't care. I don't need anyone else's approval. Yeah, he so knows he's what he... Cool. He knows what he's looking for in a woman. <laughs> it's true. Um, he only dates women of color. Yeah, which we learn later. We support that. Which is, yeah, which is great. Um, but yeah, no, there's a great line before, because Kevin Apore is coming up. Um, there's a great interaction. So Katie, Katie gets introduced to Aaron Samuels really briefly in class. Um, and then she goes home and we have the great thing, which is really just... Um, an indicator of this whole film. Her mom's like, were people nice? And Katie says, no. And then they're like, did you make friends? And she's like, yeah. And the, the parents are just like, what? It's yeah. like, people weren't nice, but she made friends. And that's, I think that's school. Uh, sure. Um, so yeah, then Katie's eating with the plastics. Damien has lunch meat on his face at some point. Uh, true, which is pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, when did they introduce the plan? Is that around this time or no? More time. Okay. Yeah. Um. Uh, Gretchen teaches us the rules of feminism because Katie. They ask her when Regina's gone to get something. Um. They they ask her. Karen and Gretchen are asking if she's like seen any boys that she thinks are cute. And Katie's like, yeah, Aaron Samuels. And um, and they're just like, no, 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 no. You can't like Aaron. That's Regina's ex-boyfriend. And then in response, or like about that, Gretchen says, yeah, you can't, you can't date him. That's just like the rules of feminism. And that's, that is, that's the rules of feminism. <laughs> Summed up pretty much. Thank and you, Tina Fey. Yes, thank you for teaching us. Uh, teaching all of the girls around the world about feminism. We appreciate it. Um, and next we, we meet your boy. Kevin Napoor. Kevin Napoor. All right, gotcha. He was going to be... he. Um, have you ever heard about him and Life of Pi? Uh, no, I, I've, I've seen Life of Pi. Okay, was- so... He was gonna be sorry. He was gonna be the life of Pi kid. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you a big story. He tried to land the lead role in Life of Pi after reading the book and noting many parallels between his own life and that of the novel's lead character, including the fact that um the the actor was on a boat with a tiger. Um, ex- yeah, the actor's name is Rajiv Surendra. Surendra. Um, so it says including the fact that Surendra himself grew up in a home immediately adjacent to the Toronto Zoo. Um, he's gay. It just says that in his Wikipedia bio. Um, but yeah, he was. Mark? Uh, no. <laughs> he's gay. He's gay. Um, he's currently based in Manhattan, where he works as a potter, painter, calligrapher, and chalk artist. Oh, fucking great for him. But he, so I saw like a. I don't think you'd call it a documentary. Maybe you would, but I saw. So it basically, like, the life of Pi was, like, his dream role. And he was, like... So, yeah, he's got a book. He's literally, like, got a book about not getting the role in Life of Pi. Really? You wrote a book about not getting... Yeah, it's called... I think it is. Because, like, as I said, I watched... Like, I watched a video or something about him saying this. Because also, he... So he's, um... Indian, I think. Yeah, well, Life of Pi is about an Indian kid, so I, I'd say. Yeah. yeah. All right, cool. Okay. So, Kevin, uh, so they want to take her to the fucking maps uh, after school thing, right? Because they're like in a competition and she's good at maps. Uh, that's the thing. And Tina's like, yeah. Uh, good idea. There you go. That's, Kevin. The, that's the award winning dialogue from this great film. Yes. Perfect. All right, what happens like? So then they go to the mall. Yeah, 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 they go to the mall. Um, and she, Katie tells them that she wants to join the math. She's like, I think I might join the mathletes, and they're like, Oh my god, you can't join the mathletes. It's social suicide. Yeah, yeah. My boyfriend was a mathlete. There you go. I think something similar. <sighs> well, the name is really not very good. No, I think it's a thing though. A mathlete. Yeah, it's like a thing. Like he was in like maths. Like a job. I hate America. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but yeah, so then they yeah, so they go to the mall. 
Yeah. And there's like the scene where all the kids are surrounding this like water fountain and there's sort of a there's Katie's voiceover and she's kind of comparing it to the watering hole in I guess the jungle. <laughs> um and then all the actors act as though they are jungle animals. Yes. Um which is uh which is something they do in this film. I don't know. There's there's yeah. a couple of things like that, that that maybe are not that exciting anymore, I guess. Yeah, they could have just left those bits out, but they it was a choice they made. <laughs> but they uh, made a choice. <laughs> uh, but they did commit to it, you know. They yeah. did commit to the choice. So <laughs> But yeah, go. so then they see um they see Taylor Bedell. The the name's not important. They see a guy, the, yeah. the same guy who asked about the muffin buttering, they see a guy that basically Gretchen has been, I guess, seeing yes. in some capacity, and he's with another girl, and um, Gretchen's like, oh my god, no. And then Regina's like, haha, they won't be together for long, and then they call that girl's mum, pretending yeah. to be Planned Parenthood, basically saying that she's pregnant. Yeah, Which is uh, not nice. Did they then go to... Uh, Rachel McAdams' house. Is that it? And we're introduced to Amy Poehler. We're also introduced to um, Regina's sister, Kylie, who is giving her teddy bear a lap dance. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah, because that's when Milkshake's playing. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's a great song. I love Milkshake. Uh, Very appropriate timing for that song. Milkshake's playing. Uh, Amy Poehler is uh, is playing the, the cool mom. Uh, the mom with the with the boob job. Um, it is not Amy Poehler's greatest performance. She's pretty funny. She doesn't have that much to work with. Is a pretty it's a pretty one joke role. She's got a couple of moments. Um, yeah, she's more just funny in her background um, silliness of it all. I think. Yeah. Um, but she's playing the role of the um, cool mom. Yeah, exactly. Or at least that's what she's trying to be, but even she's not really perceived as cool. Yeah, so she's constantly talking about like, oh, it's you know, she's also still young and she still kind of feels it. Like you know, she's just trying to kind of be there with the girls and suck out their youth and take it for herself. <laughs> she has a boob job. She's got a big boob. Not a big boob job. She it's a plot point. In some capacity, uh, that's it. She's told Katie's told to look at the boobs, I guess. Yeah, it's a um, joke, but it's quite it's quite funny, I guess. When um, Milkshake is playing, and Katie's mom goes to give, or Regina's mom goes to give Katie a hug, and she approaches, and the, like ca- the camera just focuses on her boobs, and the like beats of Milkshake, they add like scary notes to them. Yes. Yes. And they approach, and it's quite funny. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, it's not like super funny, but it's like well done. I don't know. It did something. Uh, they did something with it. I'd rather consider it funny than well done. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, I don't know. Are those Amy Poehler's natural breasts? Because I don't think so. But no. also, they didn't like alter them very much. It's not like no, the point of them isn't that they're big. The point of them is more that they're like rock hard. <laughs> That's like the point they make. Oh, okay. So Gretchen says, like, check out her mom's boob job. They're hard as rocks. Mm. And, you know, you see the dog chewing on them. Yeah, the dog chewing on them. can't feel it because they're hard as rocks or whatever. Yeah. 
It's good oh. that they didn't put too much emphasis on the boobs as her only character point because it would not be um, sufficient. Well, films have done that for decades. And we're all fine. Speak for yourself. Uh, well, anyways, all right. So, yeah, we are at Regina's house and it's a very fucking fancy place. Um, yeah, and they go to her bedroom and um yeah i think we learn about the book yeah so they all insult themselves in the mirror and then they take out the burn book yes and they just talk about the people yeah they're like they write down mean things about people in a book just so that there's evidence later on how terrible they are mm-hmm. um yeah, but i kind of get it like you know that's a very high like maybe even like before high school thing for me where you would like get a book and write something mean about somebody in the book and it would be like exciting because you would make it real somehow if you wrote it down it's um, like death note yes yeah, like death note so that's where this film goes and that's why we chose this for the podcast <laughs> fuck on kill because now they write something mean about um amber d'alessio yeah and now they're gonna die yeah rest in peace there is a moment later on in this film which is straight from a horror film that came out four years before this. Uh, and we'll talk about that. But that, that happens later. I see. Or now, uh, no. Uh, it's just a film. <laughs> but it's funny. Fuck. Fuck. Yeah, so that's basically, that's that scene, pretty much. They just insult yeah. themselves. Um, we learned that Janice and Damien are both in the book. Yep. J- Janice is in the book, um, and it just says Janice Ian Dyke. Yeah, and... they use the homophobic slur, which is um, I don't know. Make it's it's on brand, I think, for the characters. It is on brand. It's you know on with the times. Yes. It's still weird to to um, hear it. Yeah. Being thrown out like like nothing. Yeah. <laughs> into the the world, it's not like you know Bill and Ted kind of way that Bill and Ted did it yeah. but this is still I feel like maybe it's more it might be more shocking to hear as a boy I feel like girls use it as an insult more or like did in school like uh, I remember because I feel there's something about it where it's more of an insult girls will use against someone like against another girl guys I feel like don't necessarily view it as much of an insult to give oh, guys yeah, aren't sure. insulting most of the time yeah, I get that. But also, like, at the same time, it's like, yeah, that's cool. You know, you, you said those kinds of words uh, a lot, I guess. And homophobic slurs were a lot more common when we were kids. Like, I didn't well, say them. Uh, I'm pretty sure I did at some point, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, yeah, we've all said bad things. I just mean, I like, I remember, I feel like I remember people, like, using it as a slur. But, uh, yeah, but I wouldn't be comfortable... Uh, using them now yeah. either, either this one or or the more famous uh, uh, male gay person slur word uh, yeah I don't know uh, I think it's more of a time thing you know yeah well that's the thing it's it's very much like there's a lot in the film that's like this is a this is the times yeah. uh, sign well, of the times song by Harry Styles uh, Just stop you crying. That's the sign of the times. You gotta get away from here. 
Is that the actual song, or are you just like making it up as you go? That's the, uh, yeah, that's the song. I don't know. Okay. Um. So do we go to the mall again? Is that what happens next? Yeah, we go to the mall, oh, right. but this time it's with um Janice and Damien. Okay. Uh. Yeah. So Janice works at like a little place that sells shit, uh, like cosmetics and things like that. And uh, Tina Fey comes over, right? So, yeah. So they're they're there and they see her. Yeah. And they say how it's crazy to see a teacher outside. And then she looks at them and she comes over. And I wrote that her stopping to talk talk to them kind of proves that they are nice. <laughs> and I think what I was trying to say with that is that, it, and again, it's that thing of when you were viewing it as like an adult. And you're like, they're stopping and they're talking to that. Or like, she goes goes over to talk to them because she thinks they're like pretty decent. Like, I feel like if she saw Regina and those, she wouldn't go over to them. But she sees okay. them and she's like, oh, yeah, they're my students. I'll go say hi because yeah. they're nice. And yeah. I feel that as well. Like if I, I don't, I don't know children. Like any children? What, but what no, but you know, that kind of way. Like I, I can understand in my brain. I think about if I was a teacher. Yes. The thing is, people would try and I remember like when I was a teenager, when I was in school, there was sort of this perception in your brain where you would think, oh, like, oh, the teachers, like, they can't not like any of us. They're, they're our teachers. Like there, there was, and I don't know, it's that thing where you feel like when you're an adult, you're going to like get over not liking people <laughs> or something. Oh, okay. Um, but it's like, no, teachers have opinions on people also. That is correct. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, so Tina Fey is really sweet and nice in this, this scene, and uh, really cool. And uh, yeah, she she basically says that Lizzie Lohan should join the the maths thing, stuff like that. And then she walks away without paying. <laughs> I don't think she buys anything. Well, doesn't she come up to the thing with some soap? No, she has a bag from somewhere. She's already bought stuff. Okay. I think. I don't know. It looks like she stole some shit, but okay. I've if never you're saying so. Okay. Um, yeah. No, she goes. <laughs> no, she, yeah, she says, she says about the mathletes, and then Damien says, You can't join mathletes, it's social suicide. So it's like, this is universally, universally uh, determined to be social yeah, suicide. True. Yeah, true. Don't do suicide. it, Lindsay. Uh, yeah. All right, what happens later? I'm not sure. Is it Halloween already? Um, no, I think there's more with Aaron. Yeah, that she goes like, yeah, something happens with Aaron. Oh, so, right, I wrote down something, and I'm not exactly sure, <laughs> but it's in it's reference cool. to. <clears throat> no, it is. So before, a few scenes ago, when Katie's talking about how she likes Aaron, um, Gretchen says it'll be like our little secret. Oh yeah. <clears throat> and then in this scene, Janice says, I'm assuming, I don't know what it's in reference to, I can't remember, but Katie says something and Janice says, it'll be like our little secret. And immediately after that, we go into the phone call scene um, where Gretchen is, where Regina is calling Katie. And she's like, Gretchen, tell me that you like Aaron Samuels. Yeah, yeah. And definitely. so it's like immediately we get a callback, we get like, 
a verbatim thing of Janice saying it'll be like our little secret, which is a callback to Gretchen saying it'll be our little secret. And then we immediately see that promise being broken or having already been broken. Yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah, but Rachel McAdams is trying to play it again in like this kind of way of, oh, it's not a big deal. It's fine. And she's trying to make it seem like she's okay with it. And she's even like, oh, actually, you know, I'm going to maybe come up and talk to him and, you know, set you up and, and shit so that you guys can have premarital sex and die. No. Anyways. Um, Don't do that. Jesus won't let you in. Hey, everybody. Hope you're doing all right. Uh, sorry to interrupt your Fuck on Kill podcast. Uh, this is me, Machi, from the future. Uh, it turned out while we were recording Mean Girls that we actually have a lot to say. Not only about Mean Girls, but about the quarantine and all all the shit happening, you know. So this episode is actually a two-parter. There you go. Surprise. You know already, part one is in the title. Whatever. But um, yeah, this is where part one ends. And uh, we'll see you next week for more. Uh, yeah, so anyways, we're gonna see you next week for part two of Mean Girls, and, uh, yeah, then we're gonna tell you what happens after that as well. Um, hope you enjoy your week, uh, wash your hands often, uh, go outside only when necessary and for exercise, uh, make sure to call your loved ones, and, uh, take it easy, treat yourself in a nice way, you are, you know, your mental health is important, and... I want you to feel okay. Take it easy, everybody.